There's a giant overflowing bag in Kansas City, and it belongs to Patrick Mahomes. He gets restructured. What does it do for him? What does it do for the team? How is this defense doing this? And what are the Chiefs receivers like today on Locked On Chiefs? From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, friends and neighbors, Chiefs Kingdom around the world. Nice to see you. Thank you. We are live. We appreciate you joining us here on the Locked On Network. That's your team every day for free on every platform, including YouTube, where you can sub right now, as well as Spotify, Apple, all the audio platforms. We are here for you. We appreciate you making us your first listen, especially in Chiefs Kingdom, as well as all the other Locked On shows that you can go enjoy right now today because I know you want information. There's a Monday night showdown coming. You might want to check out some shows around that. We appreciate you being here. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, NFL33.com, and RGR Football. This is my partner, Chris Clark of Chiefs Corner, where you want to check out what is going to come down with this restructure for Patrick Mahomes. We are brought to you today by our friends that help us out over at FanDuel. It is the official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Every moment makes more right now. New customers can get $5. Uh, can bet $5 to get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started today. We have a lot to cover. What are the Chiefs receivers doing? Where are they now? How the, could they be affected by today's move? What's the defense doing and how are they playing this well? But we got to start with the man at the top of the totem pole, and that is one Patrick Mahomes, who has a brand new, shiny, very strangely and convoluted contract restructure going on. What can you tell us, Mr. Capologist? Uh, unfortunately, not a ton other than what has already been widely reported. We do not have the contract numbers, so we do not know currently uh, how this is changing when you look at his cap numbers for the next couple of years, which is really going to tell the tale of the tale. So at this point, we can tell you that he's getting four years, $210.6 million, I believe, and that is going to put him near the top of the NFL when it comes to money over the next – think it actually puts him at – the top of the money in the next four to five years for quarterbacks, even beating Joe Burrow, uh, beating Lamar Jackson, beating all the other QB contracts out there. He doesn't get the APY maybe over the long term of the contract, but it also doesn't get rid of his old contract. So he's still under contract through 2031. And it sounds like they're planning on adjusting it again after 2026. Now 2026 was the year that, that, this last summer, I had said, hey, that, that's the new target, right? I was hoping they could make it to 27. Clear with the way things have been accelerating, that wasn't going to happen. But like you said, it's not extending. It's not losing years. It's just compressing the money into the next four seasons. So that's the way we understand it, right? Yeah. And I, he's getting a raise this year of about $22 million, I believe. Uh, beyond that, it's just a question of how the money is going to play out over the next several seasons. Again, I don't know the cap space issue. Uh, oh, sorry. It's a $13.9 million race this year, $6.5 million in uh, 2024, $8.8 8 basically in 25, and 14.8 in 26. So, and all of this with the Chiefs having about $2.7 million in cap space headed into this and finding out he got a $20 million signing bonus, which when you think about that, doesn't make any sense consider, <laughs> considering they don't have the cap space <laughs> to even fit the signing bonus. But somehow this move also is giving them two and a half extra million dollars in cap space this year. So all that said, uh, it's going to be very interesting. But, you know, I, I shared with you before the show started 
the thing that sticks out to me the most and the thing that's the most important, and I think this is what people need to take away from this deal, is Mahomes looked at this deal. Mahomes and, and the team looked at this deal and said, okay, can we move your bonuses to May? Now, a lot of people may not think that that matters, but guess what? That makes a big difference. Think about how many guys you could get like Drew Tranquil or uh, any of the other signings that they got cheap that they didn't expect to be able to play in, uh, and you get a chance to restructure his contract. And the biggest thing was it was paid out in March, and you had to restructure it before it got paid out. Well, now it's getting paid out in May, so you could wait until May, and maybe you decide you want to sign three more guys. Well, you can restructure the contract and decide, guess what? Now we have all these extra veterans we didn't expect to be able to get because they didn't get contracts on the open market. This deal is going to help them in that regard. Whether or not it helps them in the cap for 24, 25, and 26, that's yet to be determined. I would imagine there's going to be a little bit of a cap pain uh, over the next several years considering the cash, but we'll have to wait and see what, how the details turn out. Well, and, and I think we're going to have to we're going to have to stick with this for a minute because this tells me a couple of things. One, uh, Brant Tillis is an absolute magician. Genius. I want to see the structure of this. I, I have to see. <laughs> I mean, this is like this is like building a, a castle out of individual grains of sand. That's how meticulous this has to be, and I can't wait to see the the actual structure of it because it's such a challenge to do all of this. Stay under the cap. Make room for the additions that you have to make, and maybe the contract extensions that you have. You know, Creed, Trey, Bolton, all kinds of guys coming up. But the reason that I for flashed sure, that too. on the screen for a moment was because very specifically is this guy as well. And when you look, I, I am intrigued by what this might mean for Chris Jones because nobody seems to be very happier than him than being on repeat for Patrick being happy. And that tells me that maybe there's a way that you can coincide with the sine waves so that as Patrick's contract comes up, Chris can go down and they can compensate for each other and kind of do that back and forth wave that you see sometimes. I'm really intrigued as to how it comes out. We'll know more details for you when it does, and we will definitely give it to you then. I, I do want to address this. Somebody's, and I guess I'll just put it up up there. I don't think this looks bad at all. I think this is actually exactly what Kansas City needed to do. He wasn't getting paid anywhere close to what market value is. They're taking care of the quarterback. And the one thing you have to look at Mahomes' deal, and this is something you and I have talked about a ton on this podcast, is his structure gave them the ability to have a lot of cap flexibility. He still, They still have that. He's got a deal through 2031. They have ultimate flexibility. They can move money through different years. It's just this is a great deal for Kansas City. Get him paid more in line with what he's worth, and he's still probably going to get paid even more in 2027 when they renegotiate again. But that could be after another two Super Bowls. And in the process, by compressing the money into this middle range of years, now instead of you know being able to recapture 18 or 20 million when you choose to do that in a given year, you might be able to get 50 back. It's it's post-free agency, it's post-draft, it's post seventh wave of free agency. Now the options are limitless, it feels like to me. When we know the structure, we'll know exactly where those barriers might come in. But right now, it feels like overall, this is exactly what they were looking for to be able to do what they need to do in the future. And if you're looking to do, I would if agree. you I are looking is... to do what you Sorry. want to do in the future, you have to get into it and you got to be prepared. And sometimes that means emergencies. We have, I think, probably the best case going is the Jace case right now. It provides five 
life-saving antibiotics for your emergency use. And all it takes is to, to fill out a form. Uh, you can get this mailed to you. It's an online form. Some cases you'll have to jump on a quick call with a board certified physician so that you can get uh, up to speed on this. But uh, the ongoing care from those uh, physicians and any treatment questions, they're, they're all covered here. The doctor created, doctor recommended, and it comes to the case. It is your preparation for some kind of emergency use, whether you're on vacation somewhere, whether you're hiking in the wilderness. That happens all the time where I live, where folks are, are marooned at times. So don't get caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to take care of themselves as much as possible and their loved ones during something that's unexpected. So Jace handles everything from an online evaluation to license pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation through the care. It's super, super easy. You can check it out. I think that it's going to be a lot of fun for you. Right now, you can save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with the Jace Medical an additional $20 off with our code locked on if you check out jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E-M-E-D-I-C-A-L.com. And go check them out today because you want that money off and you want to be prepared for the unexpected at jacemedical.com with the promo code locked on. Now, if you're prepared, then you probably know where you want to put your bets. And if you do, it's time to get into that action over at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers are getting $200 in bonus bets, guaranteed, placed right into their account when you place a $5 bet. Super simple and straightforward. That's $200 in bonus bets just for making a $5 bet, win or lose, in bonus bets. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel and you've been waiting around, there's no better time than right now, so get into it. You can bet anything you like. Spreads, props, over-unders, money lines, anything that you're looking for. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on right now and kick off this NFL season in week three as we get ready for it. It's FanDuel.com, the official partner of the NFL. Now that said, having a quarterback that's paid and whatever the minutia turns out, and we'll have more for you uh, coming up tomorrow with Matt Derrick going to join us for the Wednesday show uh, when we have some details. But what does it do? It allows you hopefully to keep the, the quarterback happy, to keep him on a pay scale that you can then roll into the next one without having to really break the bank because he has shown that he wants to keep talent around. And I do think there's something to, to that long term. But in lieu of that, you have to get the most out of your players that you can. And I don't think there's been much more of a surprise through two weeks of a season uh, in, in the Andy Reid regime than just how well this defense is playing and specifically how few points they're giving up. Is that is that safe to say or would you say that there's a bigger story? I don't think there's a bigger story. Uh, two touchdowns against the offenses that they played. Uh, you look at both games that the Chiefs played against other teams – or sorry, those teams played against other – Defenses, they both scored 31 points in those games. They held the Lions to two touchdowns. They held Jacksonville scoreless when it came to touchdowns, and their red zone offense was putrid in Jacksonville. Uh, there is a lot to be excited about with this offense, with this defense right now. And part of it starts with being willing to really change up the way they play defense. Uh, one of the things that you know I kind of talked about last night, and we've discussed a little bit, using more linebackers, using, you know, uh, I saw people talking about 3-3-5. There were instances of that in yesterday's game. They have changed the way that they're playing defense. And just because you put a guy, take off a line or take off a defensive lineman doesn't mean you're necessarily only sending three players after the quarterback. They lined up Leo Chanel and he can go rush the, the passer as well from that linebacker position. 
Yeah, and, and it's nice to be able to have that that versatility. I think that's probably the name of the game on the defensive front, including Leo. Saw Willie rush from the outside on the overhang uh, position a little bit yesterday as well. Uh, a lot of combinations that you can do with guys like FAU and George Karloftis. They move Chris Jones out to the edge a number of times. In fact, I'm going to have to double check what that number is. But all that said is that you can throw different combinations at the offensive uh guys that you really want to frustrate, and that's the center and the quarterback, in identifying the packages that you can attack with. Saw some double-A gap blitzes yesterday as well. One of my favorite aspects of the game, by using that linebacker level to attack the quarterback, not just to play, you know, quote-unquote, play defense in space against the quarterback. Like, make him feel your presence. And I think that's the big thing. I think it's a bit of a departure from Steve Spagnuolo's modus operandi of years past, where he likes to come off the edges with nickels and safeties. Uh, but I really like this. It's a little bit more stout. It's a little bit more in your face, especially we know that as the, the time to throw times are coming down across the league, the A-gaps are the place that you want to get pressure from right now. And if you happen to have guys like the Chiefs have right now, and George Karloftis, who is not a speed rusher, but more of a power rusher, you can then flush quarterbacks to the edges and let your guys clean up that way. It's a bit of a reverse thinking, but I really like what it does for the structure of the defense and the ability to get pressure. Well, and you were talking about Chris Jones. I'm sitting here looking at the stats. That's why I was sitting here looking on the other screen. Uh, lined up as a normal DT inside the tackles five times, over the tackles 16 times, and outside 12. So moved him around a lot. That's going to – produce a lot of pressure used him on Anton Harrison uh, who both of us liked if, if Kansas city was going to be looking at left tackle last year uh, he's playing right tackle for the Jaguars and both of us liked him uh, but they went in a different direction and can't say I'm, I'm upset because I think FAU is going to turn into a great pass rusher but he made Anton Harrison look like a look foolish on a sack At times, and yeah yeah I that's something that Chris Jones can do he Played a lot more than I expected him to, so I was impressed with his stamina to be able to play, and I'm glad that he didn't get hurt. Uh, that was one of my other concerns is, you know, he goes in there and, and hasn't been hitting people and could get hurt, but he looked really good. Yeah, I, I agree. And you saw this on a broadcast. Uh, it was briefly mentioned on the Chiefs broadcast. It was mentioned a number of other times across the league, and that is uh, the way that you had – you. Produce pressure also affects the backside. And we'd be remiss if we didn't include the fact that having the pressure from linebackers and what the defensive front is able to do, it is all sustained by having a defensive secondary that can at least hold up for that 2.8 seconds to give you that chance. Now, was it a super clean day? I, I don't know that I'd make that argument, but I think the plays that they didn't give up certainly outweighed the ones that they did, even though some of them were tight, some of them were technical. And some of them might have pushed the edge, but as a whole, I feel like they're in a better spot this season in the secondary than they were last season. And it was one of the best seasons in the secondary in, since Andy Reid came to town. Yeah, and Spags is just going to get better. I mean, that's the encouraging thing about this game and, and the way the defense is played. Uh, we've talked about this too. The, the defense usually starts out really slow. Spags has already got a pretty good idea of what he's got on defense. He's using it effectively. He's getting Drew Tranquil in there on snaps, and you're not seeing Tranquil's name mentioned very much, which is usually a good thing on guys that are in coverage. So, you know, you're you're in a great situation. You have a bunch of different pieces that you haven't had in Kansas City, and you're getting way more pressure than I think you thought you were going to get, even without Chris Jones. 
Uh, yes, Bags had to dial up some blitzes to get the pressure there, but you're still in a good spot getting pressure on the QB and, and getting him off the spot. So, uh, and, and your secondary is holding up. Look at what they did with the Jaguars yesterday. Four passes in the red zone that the Chiefs pushed the guy out of the back of the end zone because they're using the entire field to their advantage. Yeah, and, and that makes a huge difference. And when you take a look at what they were able to do in terms of, of coverage yesterday, I think what it comes down to is we fall asleep at times about who's really playing coverage the best that they can. And for me, one of, one of the things that I always, always focus on is reception perception. How do you stop the team from completing passes? And yep. even though you might have, let's see, according to PFF, by the way, Trayvon Diggs, Steve Nelson, the top two corners in terms of their grade performance, right? They both gave up 67% in terms of target share, right? The Chiefs had three guys yesterday, three guys in the secondary at 50% in Trent McDuffie, uh, allowed three receptions on six targets. You have Legereus Sneed, four receptions on eight targets. And Brian Cook, two receptions on four targets. If you can maintain a 50% reception percentage, you're in shape. You're able to then stymie. You might give up some chunk plays from time to time, but you're able to stay ahead and stay where you need to be in terms of the chains, and that helps you set up the rest of the defense. Absolutely does. And when you're looking at those guys doing what they were able to do, you're in a great situation. I mean, if your secondary can hang up, hold up like that against a team like Jacksonville, who has three receivers that – I would say at least two receivers that could probably be a number one receiver on a lot of teams in the NFL. Uh, and Christian Kirk isn't very far behind. He's easily a good number two, in my opinion. And they held them down last night or yesterday. I'm sorry. And that's something that you don't know. You don't necessarily figure on, but because they were able to do it, Spags called brilliant defenses. Look, there was a couple of times where he called double coverage on, uh, I believe it was Zay Jones and, Calvin Ridley in the red zone, and he did it multiple times throughout the game. You're double covering two guys, which means somebody else should be getting open or getting beat, and Lawrence wasn't able to find it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really happy with that. And by the way, for those of you that are counting, um, yes, Trent McDuffie is, according to PFF in terms of their grades, a top 10 corner in this league right now today. And that's something we don't get to say every single year, so kudos to him. But on the other side of the ball, what do you got to do? You got to move it. You got to move it. And you got to get it to the guys that can make plays. Who's doing that, and what's coming after this? Price picks is really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than sixty seconds. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes Price Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Price Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead it to big payouts, like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Price Picks offers discounts. Select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. PricePix now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. Go check out PricePix. They are a lot of fun to play. There's a Monday night game that is getting ready to go on as we have, are recording this before the game. Go check out some of the things you can bet on in this game coming up on Monday night, whether it's whether you like the Panthers or you don't, or you like the New Orleans Saints. Maybe it's Chris Olave. Maybe it's, you know, any of the Panthers, you know, is more going to do well at the quarterback for the Panthers. That's going to be something to watch. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for your first deposit match up to $100. That's pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL using code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100.
Daily Fantasy Sports Made Easy. I'm here for Made Easy. One thing that isn't easy is feeding seven wide receivers and three, maybe four tight ends, depending on the day, right? Uh, that is the task that is in front of Patrick Mahomes, and I don't necessarily envy him very much. So rough first week. I think we all recognize that. But in bouncing back and completing some passes, is there a wide receiver that stood out to you in a positive way upon reflection that we need to focus on? Well, I think Sky Moore had a good game. Uh, he wasn't targeted very much, but I think he had a good game. And one of the things that I'm tracking this year is third down targets. Uh, and I just want to point this out really quick. Week one, they had 11 pass plays on third down. Mahomes only completed four of those mm. for 45 for like 45% on third down. That's not normally how he plays. Week two, I believe they had 12 plays and he completed 11 of them for 95%. <laughs> so completely different from week one to week two. The difference, though, is and why it seemed like the, the offense was out of sort is because they kept playing behind the sticks. They had penalties that, that crept up and, and caught them at different times. Uh, you know, they had bad play calls, play calls that put them in bad positions as well. But when you have third downs that are third and 19, you have more than four of those in a game. That's a problem. Yeah, I, I agree. It's uh, it's something that you got to keep the chains moving. You got to spread it around. We've talked about how much. A couple of guys that stood out. Uh, Kadarius Tony, five for five. Noah Gray, three for three. 100% from Jarek McKinnon, from Rasheed Rice, from Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And then you had MVS, the two out of three. You had three out of four for Sky. Like, it all put together, it is really a, a group mentality here. And I think before we get away from what the possibilities of the Mahomes restructure are in terms of, of a question that we're going to answer here in a second, I think we have to concentrate on the fact that having this many weapons, that anyone could pop up any day, it's kind of a whack-a-mole in terms of, who's going to be the guy that week, but rest assured there's going to be a guy that week. And that's, I think the big takeaway. Well, and they still need a guy like Travis Kelsey and Travis Kelsey did open up some things. I think that really helped them having them there, even though he didn't play well, uh, four catches on nine targets, uh, had a drop. And I, I'm not sure which one there they were calling a drop. PFF only has them having one drop. I think it's probably the one in the end zone that he should have caught. Uh, but there's a couple ones that I thought he could have that could be called drops. You're sitting there and watching this game, and, and one of the biggest things that sticks out to me is they miss having a good red zone threat. That's what Jody Fortson was at times when he's been healthy. And I think they're using Justin Ross in that aspect. Look at the number of snaps he got. He didn't get a ton of snaps, but he was in there generally on red zone plays. He was in there on the Kelsey touchdown pass. Uh, he was the guy coming across that was right in front of where Kelsey caught the ball. So uh, you know, if Kelsey's not there, Ross had his guy beat. So, you know, that's a possibility of, of a touchdown right there for Justin Ross. I think this receiver group will be fine. Uh, the one thing that sticks out to me, there's two guys, McKinnon and Tony are the top two players that Mahomes is targeted on third down. McKinnon only has one first down in two games on six targets. He's caught five of them, but he only has one first down. And Tony. And Tony didn't do well, obviously, get week one, uh, but caught both targets this time. And one got a first, one didn't. And Justin Watson's right up there as well. And say what you want about his fumble, and yeah, it's a bad play on his part. But technically speaking, I guess I had to track it as a first down. It was a third down. He got a first down, turned the ball over. It doesn't, it kind of sucks. But Watson is somebody that Mahomes trusts, and you can see it. 
Yeah, I agree with you completely because that's what it comes down to. And I think we're going to see him actually take on a bigger role here while they're they're floundering for who is going to be their top receiver. Don't be if it ends up being Justin Watson for at least a bit. I, I think that trust is the bigger factor. And that leads us to a couple of your questions. Uh, when we are live like we are today, folks, we try to do that. Make sure you check out all the other Lockdown shows for all the other teams as well as the national shows. Make sure you like, sub, and hit the bell here on YouTube and subscribe to us over on Spotify as well as Apple. That always helps. You might as well get it twice, right? Uh, tomorrow we're going to be back with Matt Derrick. But as we get to your questions, it does come in, like, what could they do? What is some of this? And I think people are still reeling a little bit from week one. When this question comes up that says, you know, can this freed money be up to go try to secure a Mike Evans trade? And the question is, we don't know what the impact is on the bottom line yet. What would you say? We think it's 2.5 in cap space? Additional, that ain't going to get would, it done. Yeah, which would be 5 million total. And they need that amount just to basically fu- function as a team this offseason or during the during the season. Yeah. Um, so I don't think this frees up any space for Mike, Mike Evans. And, and the other side of it is, is I don't know that they need to free up space for a guy like Mike Evans. This receiving core needs time they need reps that's what's going to make them better and yeah they've looked out of sorts their offense has looked out of sorts but you get the penalties figured out yesterday and you don't turn the ball over three times it's a completely different ball game yeah and, and with youth comes the need to grow um mike evans is a point in his career that not only doesn't make a ton of money but you can see the end of the road for him from here so i i can't see making a trade that puts more money into that and just to, to clarify when we say you need five-ish million just to function that's for a number of things like call-up bonuses for guys from the practice squad, which we know the Chiefs are going to use. It can be any IR injuries that have to be replaced onto the roster. There are a number of factors that go into it. You just have to have, you know, you got to have a little bit of money in your bank account to be able to pull some of that off. So and this is whatever they don't minimal. use will be rolled over. Sorry. Right. Yeah. And just there's so little at this point. It's it's kind of a bare minimum. And from Kel, uh, what Mahomes contract uh, was it done because they don't plan to bring Jones back? That's been a pretty so. common reaction. I don't either. Okay, so explain why. I don't think so because this actually gives them an idea of what Mahomes is going to make for the next three years, four years. People are going to say that the Chiefs' window is closing. I'm sorry, this doesn't change anything for me. The Chiefs have come out and said that they wanted to give him more money. Mahomes has, wasn't asking for a new contract. Maybe they were talking about behind the scenes. I'm sure they were, but he wasn't asking for new money. They gave him this money because they realized that he deserves to get that money considering what he's meant to this franchise and what he does in the NFL. He deserves to be paid among the top quarterbacks in the NFL, and that's exactly what this deal does. But it also sets exactly what they know Mahomes is going to make for another four years. Before this contract, they could be looking at you know paying even more money starting next year or the year after. They didn't know that, but both sides have come out and said, it sounds like, that they don't plan on changing anything again until 2026. So this doesn't mean Chris Jones isn't going to be back. And again, the biggest lever in this, and I can't imagine they went away from it based on the fact that it's now in May versus March, the biggest lever for Mahomes is always going to be his roster bonus. You can use that however you want to use it. You can restructure it. You can push money forward all you want. He's still getting the cash, which is what's important, and it changes how much the cap is going to be affected. And just just to follow that point, like you said, this restructure pushes money forward. So now are we going to be as concerned about pushing money back if they go recruit that money? 
for Chris Jones next year, for X number Creed Tooney or Creed Humphrey the next year. By moving it forward now, you can move it backward later if you have to. And I think the only thing that I'm going to be really concerned about is what is the penalty going for? What is the the absolute that you have to get around? And this is a unique situation. I, I don't know how to stress this any more than I can. Um, I know it's Monday Night Football and we got to get to it, folks. But just remember this. This is a team and an organization along with Chris Cabot, who represents Patrick Mahomes and Patrick himself, who want to be together, who plan for this conclusion to go through the end of this contract onto the next one. It'll probably just get extended. I don't expect Patrick Mahomes to ever be without a contract until the day that he retires. And so it's just about moving the dollars around to give him the team that he needs to maintain his winning ways. I feel pretty comfortable and I'm pretty pumped. Yeah, me too. I will say this really quick. So far, and obviously the, we don't have the Mahomes deal in here yet, but over the cap is reporting Chiefs have almost $60 million in cap space next year. That's 1-6-M? Huh? 1-6? No. 6 0 Yes. Okay. So, so if that doesn't make y'all any, feel better, I don't know what to say. <laughs> anybody telling you that they can't afford to have Chris Jones, they can't afford to have Chris Jones. And... You know, I'll say this again, and I said it before when before Jones signed re-signed his new deal. He has played best in contract years. This works out best for Kansas City this season that he's playing in a contract year. I don't know. I would imagine they're going to try to re-sign him in the offseason, but they already tried to give him fifty-five million guaranteed over the next two seasons, and he turned it down. So we'll see what happens next year. But this doesn't preclude Kansas City from tagging him even at a number of 32 million that's only a little over the half over half the projected cap space that they have available and that's before they do anything with with Patrick Mahomes's bonus so I think they'll be we, fine and at the end of the day we've never known this team in this front office management to make a move that restricts their ability to make more moves at the end of the day they always give themselves more and more options I want to touch on this really quick. I know we got to go. I don't think Tooney is here past 2024 uh, based on his restructure this year. I just, I'm guessing he's not going to be here. Uh, Creed and Trey. Uh, I don't know if if they're going to be able to keep Trey, but I can guarantee you this. If you have watched what Kansas city has done and you can be frustrated about the wide receivers, I get it to an extent, but they need time to develop. But Kansas City has done the one thing that they absolutely had to do after they lost the Super Bowl. They've rebuilt their offensive line. They're going to focus on continuing to have a good offensive line for Mahomes. I think that continues with Creed Humphrey getting an extension, and I think they probably want to get a deal done with Smith. Both of them could be done after the season, so that's something to watch. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, this, again, options. Let's take it on. Yogi, appreciate you. We appreciate you being here, as we do for all of you. I'm going to be live on RGR Football tonight, starting at 7 Central, as we get ready for Monday Night Football. So check that out as well. Make sure you like, sub, and and hit that bell. I know that that sounds unfamiliar, but if you hit that bell, you get notices when we do uh, special lives. Something pops. We're going to let you know. So we appreciate you being here. Thank you for your support, especially you locos. If you want on the text line, hit us at 816-357-8781. And we're going to get into it. As more comes out, we will let you know. Thanks for spending your time with us today. We very much appreciate you. Enjoy Monday Night Football. And we'll be back with you tomorrow. Have a good one.